And we are back with episode 16 of the Bayou Dragons podcast. Per usual, it is me and Mitch McCall over here. And we are glad to be with the very special guest, Tyler Blount. Is that correct? Is that how you say your last name? Well, you know, it, it, it looks like Blount. It's actually Blunt. Uh, that's what I thought. That's but I wasn't call. for sure. Because no. it's O-U, right? Yes. Well, it's B-L-O-U-N-T. So, yeah, you would, you would think Blount. But right. it's Blunt, and uh, there's a lot of running jokes you can imagine. Yeah. With the last name of Blunt. <laughs> that, that is uh, – I didn't know, and that's – I actually was supposed to ask you beforehand, but fuck it. I'll, hey, I mean, look look at us. We're on a the smallest poker table. and Yeah, I know. I'm about to see each one of y'all's hands from here. But uh, so – Tyler Blunt is uh, owner of one of the biggest little hot spots down here in southeast Texas um, that is called the Nature's Brewery, and we just wanted to sit down with him, share stories, laughs, talk about his uh, what piqued his interest in starting this company and everything like that. I kind of just wanted to pick his brain on the whole process and how everything works because I'm extremely ignorant when it comes to brewing beer. I, know, I drink a lot of it, but I don't know how to brew it, you know, <laughs> so I think it'd be cool to talk a little bit about that. So, man, just uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, where you're from, and what did you do before this, yeah. like before you yeah. even? Yeah, I guess first off, guys, I'm, I'm glad you guys are out here. Uh, this is, you know, this is what I like to do is, is, is talk to people, you know, r- running the business that, that you know, it sucks most most days. Um, brewing beer is fun, but talking to my patrons, talking to customers, talking to you guys—I know we probably have a lot in common. I follow y'all's podcast, and um, but uh, so anyway, uh, to answer your question, um, so I was born and raised right here in, in Port Natchez, Texas, Mid County, uh, Mid County. <laughs> I know you boys always make fun of us, but that's okay. Uh, but uh, no, I was born and raised here. Uh, graduated high school in '02. And so that means um, my 20-year class reunion is uh, this year. You're feeling pretty young, huh? I'm feeling, I'm feeling something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what's, what's uh, crazy is we're actually having our 20-year class reunion here next week at oh. the brewery uh, yeah. next Saturday. And so, you know, we get to see a lot of, a lot of friends um, I haven't seen in a long time. A lot of people still live here, but... Um, it's going to be interesting, and you know, it's cool having the class that I, I graduated with in a business that I started. Yeah, some old flames, some old friends. Yeah, I hope, <laughs> uh, my wife will be here, so hopefully the those the those old flames kind of stay dwindled down. I, I hope they're they're gone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, but um, but you know, yeah, no, this uh, this whole brewery thing kind of started, I guess, in college. Uh, I went to Lamar University uh, in Beaumont and. And I actually started off as optometry, you know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, you graduate high school and you, you go to college and you got to pick something. So I thought optometry would be a pretty cool choice. And um, I'm pretty good at biology and chemistry. And so I, I did a lot of that. And I was actually good at those subjects. You know, I suck at math and and uh, Same here. pretty much everything else, you know. But good at those subjects. And I did that for a little bit. And then um, – I went into um, nursing. I was actually in the nursing program, you know, and then I, uh, you know, I found out pretty quick that, you know, I'm, I, I, I guess maybe I'm a little sensitive, um, not, not to like blood or anything, but to, uh, I guess, people. And I know, you know, nurses, God bless you, uh, you know, you see a lot of things and 
you get attached to people, I guess. And maybe, right. maybe I thought, you know, I don't really, I know it exists, the things that happen in hospitals and stuff. And I just, I don't know. I'd rather be doing something else. So business marketing was my, my end choice. And so I feel like I wasted my college years, but I had the chemistry and biology background and then the business marketing side. But somewhere between my maybe last couple semesters of college, uh, a buddy of mine um, were interested in beer because that's what you do in college, right? Yeah, drink a shit ton of it. And drink a lot of it. And on campus there, they had, uh, they had craft beer. Which was, uh, you know, and I guess in Texas it was a little, we are kind of slow to things. Craft beer existed across the U.S., but, um, you know, in the South it was a little slower to get, you know, noticed. Yeah. You, you know. had your Bud Light, Miller Light, whatever the hell sure, light. Sure, you had your domestic uh, light lagers, and that's all we really knew about. And then um, at, uh, I think it was the little restaurant there on campus, they had a St. Arnold's craft beer. It was a, I think it was their Amber and I tried it, and I uh, was like, damn, this is this is something unique. This is something I really haven't experienced. And that got me thinking, man, how is beer actually even made? I don't know. I just like to drink it. Yeah. And so uh, a buddy of mine, um, so Reed Gidry that was in here earlier, good friend of ours, um, his older brother, my best friend, uh, best man in my wedding, He, uh, him and I bought um, a homebrew kit on eBay. And uh, it came in the mail. And, uh, you know, at the time I was living with my parents uh, at home and here in Port Natchez, and we brewed our first batch of beer. And, um, and it was cool. My dad, you know, he's a beer, beer drinker. He was like, man, this, this is cool. So he was helping us too. Well, the brewing process, and I'll explain that later, but we, you know, it takes about four weeks before you have a finished made product. And um, we brewed it up. We bottled it. And about four weeks later, we're chomping at the bit. You can't rush it. You know, it's just not ready. It's got a carbonate inside the bottle, and so finally it's ready. And when I tell you, it was the worst beer I've ever had. <laughs> it was, it, you know, but, you know, we were proud, you know. We, we, we drank every bottle of it. And um, so that's that was the little bug that got me. Uh, brewing was fun. Uh, never thought of it as a possible career path, but, uh, but you, know, he, you know, here we are. Hell yeah. Well, that uh, went from drinking beer to making beer. So you've been doing it for how many years now? So, so like professionally, I, I guess. Professionally or commercially. Yeah. I don't know. You know, look, here's the deal. Are you considered a professional? Like a doctor? Doctorate in beer? No. 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 And so they call, they call the person who brews the beer a brewmaster. You know, and I like, like the pit master of the yes, barbecue. But the joint. deal is, like, man, I have not mastered this at all. You know, I'm learning new things all the time. I've been brewing since 09. 09. So, um, you know, a lot of stuff's been popping up on my Facebook since, like, so 10 years. That's probably 10 years is more accurate. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just a hobby. Uh, I graduated college, moved to Houston. I worked for an equipment rental company. Uh, moved back home and uh, worked for my dad, who uh, owns a health and life insurance agency. So I became a health and life insurance agent, which is, you know, it's a great job. You know, um, you know, I was comfortable making a, a good living, but I'm I need to be on my feet working with my hands. That's just you know who I am. We had that conversation earlier. Basically, every time you have downtime, it's like 
I got to do something. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, you know, uh, some people are comfortable sitting in an office. I am not. Um, you know, I don't even know if it's sunny outside. I was stuck in kind of in a little office. And um, but the, but the good you know good part about working with my dad, uh, he's a big fisherman, and he'd be like, "Hey, man, uh, tide's moving at one. <laughs> we we got to get out of here." I'm like, "Let's go, man." Finish that paperwork up, son. Yeah. So um, my wife and I. Um, we moved to Groves, which is the, the next city over, for people who don't know, uh, from Port Natchez. And our school districts actually combine in high school. And, and so it's Port Natchez Groves High School. And um, we bought our first home there. That's where I was doing a lot of home brewing uh, just as a hobby. Get off of work on Friday, brew some, some beer, and my buddies would come over. And, man, uh, I couldn't keep beer at my house. It just, it, it, you know, I would have 20 gallons of beer. And it'd be gone. So you were the friend to have, for sure. <laughs> you were the dude. Yeah, I was the dude. And uh, it was fun, man, because, you know, we were all, we weren't married yet. We didn't have any kids. And, um, you know, this beer thing um, just got better and better the more we we brewed, you know, and practice. And um, so I knew, you know, th- this was a not just a hobby. It was more of a passion. Um, I got really deep into it, the history of it. And uh, uh, I told my wife, uh, so I told my wife, I said, hey, uh, I got a building on Port Natchez Avenue. I said, what are you going to do with it? So we're going we're gonna to open up a brewery. And uh, this was, uh, we just found out she was, uh, well, she, was, she wasn't pregnant yet. So we were working on this thing. We had, we had our baby, our first baby uh, girl, uh, right before the brewery opened up. And it kind of went public that that's what we were going to do. So, you know, that was a little bit stressful yeah. starting a new business oh, with a sure. child with a, a new young family trying to get yeah. you know so but uh, you know she had faith in me and and um it all worked out and how long i mean because i don't how long has the nature's like nature's brewery like you started this but like how long has the name the label of nature's brewery been around because i don't remember it like you know so so we just had our six-year anniversary. Six, uh, six years. So 2016 is when we actually opened up. Opened up uh, September 11th of all days. Uh, we opened up, and uh, never forget it. Yeah. And uh, last week was it last week or two weeks? It's I think it was about two weeks. I don't know. That that day was a long day, but we just had our six-year. Yeah. Uh, but I remember. I knew I wanted to name it Natchez Brewing Company because I grew up here. And for those who don't know, uh, the Natchez, Port Natchez is actually named after a river that we're about maybe a quarter of a mile from. Yeah, if that. Yeah. And uh, that's where I grew up hunting and fishing. And, uh, you know, I know that that marsh pretty well. And uh, what, what kind of sucks about the business is I don't really get to visit that river much anymore. Right. Well, it, we poke a lot of fun at Port Natchez, you know, and it's it's all in good fun. But in reality, I make my living in Port Natchez. I work right down the street, you know, at Indorama, and uh, Porter's not far down the road working at his job too. So we, I, a lot of us, make our living out here, and you know, it's all in good fun when we, you know, take little jabs at Mid County. Oh shit! We and you know what? You know what? If you can't handle it, then you know, then fuck you. Yeah, but the the the, the, the uh, I'm glad that we. Uh, so we have some got people from work that come down often, and they'll be like, we have to do, like, it's called spill boom training, and you have to go out on the river, and I work on the Natchez River, and they're just like, oh, all right, let's go out on the Nietzsche's. 
Yeah. The Nietzsche's there, like, from up north, and I'm like, it's Natchez. Well, you know, and, and we get that a lot. It's uh, it's spelt N-E-C-H-E-S, and, yeah, I can see where, just like Blount, you know. Yeah, well, that's, you, that's my bad. Well, no, I mean, but, <laughs> but you know, but you, you see it, and you're like, okay, Nietzsche's? Nietzsche's. But, but, but the A is silent. It's actually, a, you know, like an Indian word, and... Um, and I could be making this up. Maybe I heard it one somewhere, but it don't matter. But but I believe it means something about like friends or something. Like nature means something gathering of friends or something. So it's kind sure, of what it we're sounds doing. good. Yeah, it sounds that's what we're even doing. if it's wrong. Who cares? Yeah, well, so the, you know the brewery. You know, it's kind of what the brewery is. It's a gathering of friends, and you know we're we're uh, you know it's a it's a local watering hole for our community. You know. Yeah. yeah no, I I've, I've thoroughly cherished it since you know it's been a thing. And I don't think I was coming here whenever it was right open, but I have came pretty close. And not all the time, but it's just like, I, I enjoy it. Y'all actually have good, you have good craft beer because I'm not a craft beer drinker. I hate IPAs and shit like that. But it's mm-hmm. like, like y'all have a few beers. I'm like, man, I could get down on this shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I understand that not everybody um, drinks craft beer. Um, you know, we're, we're used to, to lighter beers because yeah. of our, really our climate, you know, hell it's what we're in September and it's 93 degrees right now. Yes. I'm sure duck hunting has been miserable. Fuck that. We'll get into all that yeah. here in a little bit, but, but that. yeah, but you know, um, so, you know, we're just a, a product of our environment and, and, and the craft beer, we kind of have a, like right now, I believe we have 18 or 19 beers on tap. So we have the whole spectrum. Anything from a light beer, which I'm drinking right now, um, it's our Walt Wilkins Pilsner. I do like the Walt Wilkins. I have, it, I've had that multiple times. We have a you know a fruited wheat beer with passion fruit, orange and guava. You know, I'd it, like to try that. Yeah, one. that well, it's it's a good summer spring beer. But shit, we're almost in fall, so you could drink that right now. It's you will be able to drink it till December, probably. Probably like and not be like, oh man, I need something warmer. It. Yeah, I mean, but we have all these different styles to kind of cater to your palate. Um, and, you know, here pretty soon, um, you know, you know how we make gumbo when we get that first cold front? Yeah. Well, well we normally make this. Yeah, if we ever get one. I already yeah. made a gumbo. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> a couple days ago. You, you ruined it. You're supposed to make, you're supposed to wait for the, the hard cold front. Well, we waited till it got under 70. That's like my, well, it's like, yeah. wait till it gets under 70. It's like 69. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. I want a gumbo. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, you know, like, so we have a beer called the uh, Big Floyd Stout, and uh, it's 12%. It's a, it's a Russian Imperial Stout, and it's, it's, it packs a punch, man. It's, it's got chocolate and coffee and cinnamon, and we always use local coffee in it. So this thing is a, it's a beast, and uh, Big Floyd is actually uh, so my, my good buddy Hunter, his dad, Floyd uh, Keeney. Um, he got us into craft beer. Uh, they live on a little lake in, in Port Natchez, and uh, we grew up there fishing and swimming. And and um, I remember we go to bed one night, and or he goes to bed, and we're digging through our cooler. We're out of all of our Miller Lite and Natty Lite and whatever else we had, and we open Floyd's cooler, and he's got these beers from Colorado and California, and and we're like, damn, what is Floyd drinking? We and we start cracking some of those beers, and you know they're all. Minimum five percent alcohol, so a bunch of porters and stouts and shit like that. Yeah, but uh, we named a beer after him because I feel like he uh, kind of uh, opened y'all's palate for it for sure. And so here, pretty soon, we get that first good cold front. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start making I'm, that beer. I'm looking forward to that because I do like like I said, I'm not a huge craft beer, but like stouts, like I drink a lot of Guinness and 
like I guess that's probably the darkest beer I drink, but yeah, that, I, I I like that kind of stuff and like the vanilla porter from Colorado Breckenridge Brewery. You just, you just like it because your your name is porter. Well, yes, it is. That that is a big part of it. So <laughs> it, I am uh, partial to the porters. Yeah, partial to the porters. Well, after talking to you, you know, for just this short period of time, we can definitely tell. You have a true passion for brewing beer. I have a just. I know we're going to dive into you know how everything's done and everything like that. But like when you're coming out with a new, I don't know which a new flavor is that mm-hmm. what you call a, a new recipe? Fla- new flavor, recipe. Yeah. Like how long does that take to like perfect that process and say okay, this is it? Well, so some beers. Um, so I've been doing this for a little while, so I kind of know what works and what doesn't work. But but like so the beer I'm drinking right now, it's the Walt Wilkins Pilsner. Light beers are very difficult to make. So, you know, people make fun of these big conglomerate beer companies, you know, um, you know, Miller Lite, Bud Light, you know, Natty Light, all these beers. They are the most difficult beers to make because, really? because there's really no room for error. It's such a light beer. If anything was off in any process during the, the brewing uh, process, you're going you're gonna to pick it up. And they're doing what they brew in 10 minutes is what I'll probably brew in – 10,000 years, you know, they're, they're making yeah. so much beer at a time, but they're making so much beer so consistently every single time. It's really impressive. Um, so um, the, the Walt Wilkins Pilsner is a beer I have yet to, to you know, finally call it done. And um, some beers will we'll come up with a recipe and we don't touch it. It's it just we got lucky or, or maybe sometimes we maybe we think we know what we're doing. You know, we don't really know, but uh, recipe formulation for beers, um, it's a little bit difficult. You have to follow kind of a guideline. So, you know, if you're going to make a, you know, for a porter example, it's got to be a certain color. It's got to have a certain alcohol content, um, you know, certain yeast and, and, and all these things that make it a porter. You can't just make a dark beer and call it a porter. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, and these are things I've just kind of learned. I have software that helps me uh, determine all these factors that, you know, make make up the beer. But, uh, you know, if we come up with a new recipe for something, uh, if I was smart, I would probably do like a five-gallon batch and test it and then scale up that recipe. But um, I just I – do, I do a three-barrel batch, which is 93 gallons. I just go for it. Yeah. I, I know the beer is not going to be bad, you know, but – um, it may not be exactly what I Well, that's what intended. I was kind of wanting to ask you is, God, and anyone I've ever talked to that's owned a brewery or whatever, you have fuck-ups. Like, you, you create something. Sometimes it's shit. Sometimes, though, it is gold. And you might not know exactly what you made and how to make it again. And I was kind of curious on, like, if you've not, I'm, I'm sure you have made a mess up that ended up being great. We've had several. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's it, you're you're dealing with this is biochemistry. You know, you're taking raw materials, malted barley, hops, and water, and then you're adding this microorganism yeast to really basically you know make the beer. We're you know as brewers, we're just making basically flavored sugar water for yeast. And the yeast are these microorganisms that actually consume the sugar. The byproduct is alcohol and CO2. And, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen 
if you're not sanitary in your practices, you can ruin a batch. And, you know, you've invested a lot of money and time into this batch of beer. And um, so, you know, it's real important to, you know, make sure you're, you're cleaning, you're following all the, the different steps to make this, this batch. But sometimes that beer that you thought you were going to make turns out to be something you're like, what in the hell did we make? Or how did this happen? And in most cases, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, remember this freeze we had a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you 19, know, we, 2019? Yeah. Or is it 2019 or 2020? Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, well, you know, we lost power. Yeah, and, for multiple days. It was like two, three-inch ice across all the highways. It was legit. Yeah, and it was, but it was also kind of fun. It was kind of like... I just worked during it. I Like, nothing changed for me. I went home. I went to work. Like, people were like... Shutting down the highway, I'm like, I just kicking them four high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, uh, I have a golf cart. Uh, almost everybody mid county does, and um, I remember the, you know, it froze. I was like, well, shit, I'm gonna go check out the town, you know, and drifting. Uh, oh my god, you're Tokyo I, drifting. Around well, like I have this. A, I have a six seater, you know, so it's it's like a big limo golf yeah. cart, and uh, I have it jerry rigged where it it goes pretty quick. Yeah, uh, it goes thirty miles per hour, and uh, uh, so anyway, I, <laughs> I, uh, I took it out and did some. There's some sketchy stuff in it. But anyway, I, I, I come, come to the brewery. You know, we don't have power. And uh, everything, obviously, is running on, on you know, power. Generators. We gener- well, we, no, we didn't have any generators here. So, uh, it was just, I knew we just probably shouldn't open up the big coolers. And, you know, it, that would probably stay cold for a while. Hell, it was, yeah. you know, below freezing. So, yeah, wasn't worried about that. But the beer I had in tanks, uh, that, was, that was the problem. Uh, beer is very... Uh, pretty pretty dependent on temperature. Uh, they like to be around seventy degrees, kind of like us. Uh, some beers like to be cold, but for the most part, they like to be a, have a certain temperature that they like to be in. Well, it was so cold for so long. Um, we uh, we actually want to turn that music down. No, you're fine. Okay. It's good. It's good. Right. No, it's not a. It's not really picking up here. You can hear it through your headphones, and also you have your headphones on backwards. Do I really? Yeah. <laughs> I might have mine on backwards. No, too. you're good. Well, let me flip them, guys. No, no. It, it. Well, I mean, it'll feel better probably for you. Oh, okay. You can go ahead and do that if you want. I've been looking at it, and I was like, he hasn't noticed. Does it feel? It's probably not the same, man. Yeah. Well, that. Oh yeah, dude. There you go. I don't anyway, know. Going anyway, back to the cold weather. So the cold weather basically made my yeast go dormant because they got cold. They they wanted to be in that happy seventy degree temp because you know we were in a climate control environment. Um, they got cold, and something happened to one of my beers. And it's funny, a customer yesterday was asking if I could duplicate that beer. And I was like, there's no way, because I don't know what conditions happen. So basically, we were making this beer that was, I think it was going to be like a king cake beer for Mardi Gras, because that was about the time we had that freeze, right? And uh, it's a really popular beer. Something happened. It actually turned the beer kind of sour. And it ended up being pretty damn good it was like a sour apple cinnamon i don't even know but there's no way we're ever going to be able to make that beer so that was a mess up that actually ended up being really nice worked out great what uh so what it's the walt wilkins your 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 best beer you have it's you know I, i'm saying like not so i'll, I'll tell you this it, it best seller and give me your personal favorite okay so I always tell people, what's your favorite beer? And I'll, I always just answer with uh, the next one, you know. Yeah, the, well, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but 
our probably number one selling beer is our Honey Blonde, and it's uh, it's made with local honey. So I tell people it's good for seasonal allergies. For you know? sure, for sure. You know, probably not true, but no. You know. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I'm a doctor, and uh, everybody on TikTok definitely agrees with me. So well, <laughs> well, it's 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 our probably number one selling beer. We um uh. We have this really unique beer. It's called Buenos Neches, and it's a jalapeno cream ale. So it's got a little spice to it. It's a light, lighter beer with, with the jalapeno finish, and it's really good for making micheladas. And uh, we rim it with, like, you know, different, like, spice, you know, what's that? can't remember the shit we put on the rim, but uh, uh, tahini. Tahini. Yeah. But, um, but the Walt Wilkins Pilsner is just a really good beer because it, it's a light beer. Um and Walt Wilkins is uh, actually uh, a friend of mine now. Yeah, I've, I've well, I, did you get invited or did you get with him through Corville? I'll, yeah, and uh, so I'll give you the short story of how this all happened. Uh, you know, uh, Big Rich Corville, who owns a great venue out in Beaumont, um, he has live music, phenomenal and, food. Yes, great food. He's a, he owns a catering business. Um, I think he's doing meat processing now, but. Uh, he has these, um, basically a listening room type setting, and Walt Wilkins was there, and I got invited to go, and I see Walt Wilkins, and I'm just, I'm blown away by this, this man's talent, and uh, he's there with his wife, and and uh, so after the show, I uh, I went and talked to him, and and uh, my dad, uh, the brewery was just about to open, and uh, he, my dad was just so proud that, you know, about this brewery, and we go up to Walt, and my dad goes, hey, my son's opening up a, a brewery. And they're like, oh, man, that's cool. That's cool, guys. And uh, he goes, well, tell me about the brewery. And he told me his favorite beer was a like a German-style Pilsner. And so anyway, I, I remember that for some reason. And um, so a year goes by. This is a, a December. Um, and so the brewery opens up. A year later, Walt's back at Corville's. They do this Christmas show every year, and it's it's awesome. Uh, probably doing it again this year. But anyway, I, uh, Big Rich calls me and goes, hey, man, um, Walt, Walt's coming to the brewery. I was like, oh, my God. Um, so I'm like, I'm like rushing to clean the toilets and make sure everything's <laughs> nice and neat. But what I had done like about a week before was I actually made a, a Pilsner, and I named it the Walt Wilkins Pilsner. And I thought that'd be kind of a cool – you know, yeah. cool thing. And uh, so Walt comes through the front door, and I believe he's uh, with his dad and uh, and his wife, Tina. And uh, they come through the back of the brewery, and I, I handed him the, the recipe sheet. And on the top it says, Walt Wilkins Pilsner. And he just looked at me and was like, you know, I didn't know if he was mad or, or whatever. But he goes, dude, this is, this is amazing. And so, um, so later that evening – they're playing at, at Big Rich's place, and I don't know, maybe maybe halfway through his, his set, he goes, um, he goes, hey man, uh, I want to tell y'all something real quick. He said, I went to a little brewery in Port Natchez today. He said, uh, you know, he said, man, I've had three amazing things happen in my life. Um, one was having our son Luke. Uh, the second was marrying my wife Tina. And he said, today, I got a beer named after me. And he said, I thought that was really cool. And uh, and so since that day, like, kind of chill bumps from that. Yeah. Because yeah. 
it's cool because this brewery has allowed me to meet some really cool people. And, yeah. And uh, not only Walt, but some of his friends. And, and you know, this is a beer that I want to get right. And I compare it to, like, a you know, songwriting. You know, Walt's a singer-songwriter. Um, you know, for people who don't know Walt, um, listen to the first album of Pat Green. Pat Green's first album. Almost 90% of that album is a Walt Wilkins song. Uh, you know the song Carry On? Yeah, There's a line in there. most popular song. Yeah. And, and he mentions Walt Wilkins. Oh, Walt Wilkins lives up in Nashville, you know. So um, I want to I make this beer right. I feel like it's more like a song that I haven't quite got all the lyrics and, and stuff written down. You know, I'm working on the song. It's, it's 90% there. Yeah. You know, I don't, maybe, maybe I don't have the melody right or, or I, I got to change this chorus or bridge up a little bit. So I feel like I'm still kind of um, tweaking this beer. And I want it to be right because, you know, I think there's some, some cool spots where this beer could uh, potentially um, be at. Brewing beer, it's like an art, man. There's an art to it. I'm sure uh, everyone's different in the way they do things, and you know, some people are better than others. And I'm sure it's you know just just like an art. It definitely is an art. I mean, it's a craft, right? They call it craft beer for a reason, you know. Just like you know, a musician, that's a craft. You know, um, you know, just cooking. There's a million different things that you have to work on to um, to, to you know. And maybe we're probably never never going to perfect it, but we can get damn good at it. We're going to go ahead and uh, give a couple little shout-outs to some of our sponsors of the podcast. We, uh, I think Mitchell drank our Lone Star Light that was sitting up here, but Lone Star Light, Twisted Tea, Miller Light, they, uh, I think everybody can get it anywhere on earth. Well, Lone Star you can't, but Miller and Twisted Tea, if you have a gas station, you can buy it. It's fantastic brew, a nice cold Pilsner. And uh, we're also sponsored by Snuff Cup. Sign in the front. Mitchell will give a little short demonstration of it. But Shout out to Snuff Cup, man. Great product. Excellent spittoon. You can wash it in the dishwasher. and uh, It's got a magnet on the bottom, sticks to metal. And uh, it's a badass spittoon. Check it out. You can hold your cans in it, and it has a can opener. And then uh, shout out to Hook and Bullet Sunglasses. They're fantastic for polarization and if you're looking at electronics and the sunlight, and if you're wearing other coast or I almost said Costas, but if you're wearing Costas, sitting there having to do one of these, these hook and bullets, they're they're very keen to being able to see electronics and you're trolling and fishing. You don't have to sit there and look underneath your glasses and whatnot. I'm sorry about I forgot the name of this delightful brew that I'm drinking. What was it called? Well, it you know it's it's a difficult name to say. It's called Pasquale. This Pasquale is an excellent <laughs> beverage. So we're talking to Tyler on the break, and, you know, I kind of want to pick his brain a little bit on the process of brewing a beer. I know nothing about it. So what are you drinking on right now? Um, well, me and Porter are both drinking a uh, the Bessie Heights Brown Ale. Cheers. It's Cheers a um, – it's a um, Bessie Heights is the marsh not too far from us where um, – you can catch a lot of redfish and trout and flounder. It's where uh, the shrimp grow up. And out to catch sea. crabs. You catch can, the crabs, the good yeah. kinds. Yeah, not the uh, genital herpia kind, but like the the good kind. The good you can you know <laughs> put on the pit and. Uh, yeah, we we fried some last night. Like we were telling you, we fried some crabs last night for the old snuff cup. He'd never eaten a crab. Oh man, you know, and like y'all, we got the gr- the grocery store is just right here. You just got to get in the boat and go get yeah. them. 
You yeah. know? Hell, you don't even have to get in the boat. Well, uh, most of it, you can get in the yeah, boat. Yeah, in most cases, you can just go hang some shrimp off the dock and... <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. But uh, let's talk a little bit shrimp. about meant chicken. Eat shrimp, but yeah, no, chicken shrimp will work chicken. too. Though. Will work, but yeah, meant chicken. I've never crabbed with shrimp. It might. I mean, I'm sure it would. Oh, it would work. work. It would well, really eat anything. Or yeah. I mean, I've used like just literal like liver and shit like that off of like birds we've cleaned. Oh yeah. But uh, anyway, let's talk about kind of the process of brewing a. Let's go into the one you're drinking right now. How oh. from start to finish, you know, not getting too in depth, but how sure. how does it work, man? Okay, and it, and it's it's kind of simple. You you guys like to cook? We do know? a lot. Okay, so I do too, man. I you know I it, this is basically you know you follow a recipe and uh, you can add little things to change it up, but the basic there's four ingredients for beer: um, malted barley. Um, you've got your hops, which is a um, it's a f- it's a bittering flower. It's actually closely re- related to cannabis. Um, can't uh, smoke it. I tried it. That nothing happens. No man, nothing. Doesn't nothing. Shit's happens. terrible for you. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's not but, good for you. But no, it's just a bittering flower. They're grown um, um, kind of like in the Pacific Northwest and and really along that latitude around the Earth. So Germany mm-hmm. as well. So um, it's a, it's a cold climate plant. Uh, you can grow them here, but you just don't producing a lot of plants or flowers but in uh the third ingredient is water and the fourth is yeast so when you combine all these things together you get beer so the process of how you actually make the beer is you first start off with your your recipe and so for instance this brown ale um your base malt or two row they call it it's going to be the 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 like the main uh like grain source, your sugar. It's going to be um, every beer is going to start off with two row, and so ninety percent of that recipe will be two row barley. You're going to take that grain and you're going to actually run it through a mill, and we're going to break it open to expose uh, basically the carbohydrate that's that's inside there um, to give it this this beautiful brown color. Um, we're going to add some barley that's actually been roasted um, similar to coffee. So they're going to put it in a roaster and they're going to basically kind of burn it like a, you know, like a, I don't know, a controlled burn basically. And so adding that roasted uh, grain to the recipe is what's going to give it that kind of like that chocolate coffee uh, flavor, but also it's going to diet that beautiful i mean that is pretty man no it's beautiful it is it's you know like i was so whenever you poured that i was like man i want to try that just because it looks like it's dark it it's it's light right it really is i could drink this outside Mm -hmm. and and right now if anyone doesn't know it's 158 degrees down here in texas great weather for waterfowl hunting (laughs) yeah yeah well so the beer you're drinking is actually perfect that's uh, the pasquale wheat beer it's passion fruit, orange, and guava, kind of like a tropical wheat beer. So that's kind of what, but it, it feels appropriate, right? Absolutely, it's it a, does it's feel great. appropriate. But how did you get the name? Like, so this is what I want to get into. Like, I'm, I'm I know the. Uh, hold on one second. What we got here? Oh, we have got some actual some oh, boudin, boudin brought in from the boudin man. Oh, what is that? Boudin man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try some of that. Toss me some of that. Mm. All right. Just grab one I'm and hand it to me. I'm going to grab you one. Heck yeah. All right. So, yeah, this is a... Uh, <laughs> that hit the back of my throat. 
This is a boudin made uh, in Groves, Texas. Uh, by a friend of mine, Chris Hildago. Um, he makes the best boudin. Really shy of Scott and Dusan. That is outstanding. That boudin is outstanding. That, that, I'm so, gonna, yeah. If you, no one knows, so <laughs> we had Snuff Cup on uh, two episodes ago. Or no, one episode ago, two days ago. He didn't know what boudin was. Basically, just inside of a. I mean, what is, I mean, what is the uh, casing? The casing. Just some like, people make the casing out of different things, but yeah. Well, this it's like it's the intestines. Yeah. So the intestines of what a pig. Yeah. Like pork encasing has like basically basically a dirty rice, different peppers, you know, and like pork meat and shit like that. It's so good. But boudin. It's one of those things that is found, you know, in the South. You can, eat, you can eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah. uh, really. Mm-hmm. We, I put it in eggs all the time. Oh, man. What did he call it, though? What did Snuffcup call it? Well, we were eating the boudin. Uh, we were eating boudin balls at Gator Fest, and he tried some. He's like, man, that's good. What was that called? We were like, man, it's boudin balls. About an hour goes by, and he, I guess he had forgot the name of it. He was like, man, where'd y'all get that bum guy at? I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> it's boudin. But this, anyway. but this is boudin that is, um, the you know, the closest thing to a Louisiana boudin. It's right. fantastic. It is so fucking good. It's funny. Um, so I, I barter a lot with beer. Um, and so my buddy who, who makes who makes this boudin, I said, uh, hey, I go, hey, man, um, do you put chicken livers in yours? He goes, I'm not telling you fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> because it is. It's one of those recipes... Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you a damn thing. No, I'll trade you beer for it, and that's it. But um, but that's good boudin. That, and that cayenne kind of sneaks up. Yeah, I'm going to have to have another one if you yeah, want. Yeah, you yeah. Put the, you got the plate over there, so you got to hand uh, to I'm me. I'm trying to find you a thick one. Oh, yeah. He likes them girthy. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so okay. sorry about that little pause, but the, the boudin had to come. Yeah. Um, so the Pasquale. Yeah, so yeah. So Pasquale is that is that um, that tropical beer – um, but you know, I think, I think we were talking about the brewing process. I think. Well, he he wanted to know a little bit about the brewing process, and then my next question is going to be some of the backstories to some of the names that you've done oh. on these. You know what I mean? Like I know that some of these some bitches have some unique names, like the Screen Door Jesus, the Pasquale, and you know some other ones that like. If you have a good story, I want to hear about that. How'd you come about it? And you know. Yeah. Well. For, so the Pasquale, it's it's a fairly new beer. Uh, so my uncle, um, he's a NASA engineer, and um, really smart guy. And uh, I'd his, imagine, yeah, yeah. There you got, you got to, got to kind of be. Yeah, I don't think we're we're getting. Dude, near. I had this uncle that was so dumb. He worked for NASA. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. think, no one's yeah. ever said that ever. We can go visit there, but we're not. They're not going to let us work there, you know. Oh no! But um, don't touch. But they might let us uh, shoot the deer off their property. They have they're overrun with white-tailed deer out there I on, do on know their that. campus. Really? So, yeah, they do. Yeah, damned. and uh, I think actually they have to take them off there because they're just they're getting overpopulated. Someone's got to harvest them. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's the right thing to do. I think they 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 do that bullshit tranquilizing and netting them and shit like that. Oh, they no take shit. them off. Uh, there. Yeah. They're not going to. Yeah, you they're not killing you, them. You can't get a thirty off six out there, and or, or yeah, I don't. You could, no. probably can't even bow hunt out there. But I went there once, and that's what they told us too. They're like, "There's a lot of deer out here." 
Like, yeah. What? Like, but uh, this is a, this is kind of a, a, a crazy story. Um, so my uncle, um, NASA engineer, uh, he was uh, his next door neighbor. He lives out in Clear Lake, I believe. Yeah. Um, his neighbor was, I forgot what he did, but he was he was an old man. He was a hundred years old. And uh, my uncle had, you know, you know, their neighbors, they became friends. And, and uh, he told my uncle, he said, hey, when I die, I want you to have this, this, this penguin, this, this taxidermy penguin I have. <laughs> and he was like, okay. I mean, he goes, man, I, he said, man, I've been offered like two grand for it. And um, the bird itself is really old. You so, can tell. Yeah. It's well, I, I, so I'm trying to remember the story. Uh, this old man, um, he went to Antarctica on a, uh, I guess, an expedition with Admiral Byrd, who was this, you know, well-known explorer. And so they're over there, and uh, there's this penguin, and it died of, I guess, natural causes, and uh, obviously perfectly preserved from the, you know, negative, Being negative, negative yeah, hundred degrees. Yeah. And uh, so, um, anyway. This old boy from Texas decides, hey, I want to bring this bird back <laughs> and, and get it stuffed. You to bring know? it to the old taxidermist. Because why not, you know? Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're a protected species, and uh, and I believe that is actually an Adeli penguin. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but it's I think it's an Adeli penguin. And um, so anyway, he gets it mounted, and uh, he brings it to, uh, to Texas, and that's where it remained uh, for, for all these years. Well, the old man died, and... Uh, his wife comes over to my uncle's house one day and goes, hey, you know, my husband wanted you to have this penguin. He's like, great. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And, of course, my aunt is like, you know. We don't want that fucking penguin in our well, house. Well, you know, you know, where are you going to put it? You know, maybe the garage, I guess. But he knew, he, you know, he's a big fan of the brewery, big supporter. And he goes, I think it would look awesome in the brewery. And so um, we're actually at a, a restaurant. It was, like a, it was like a Friday, I remember. He calls me and goes, hey, man, uh, we're in town. I've got, I've got the bird. Um, I'll come bring it to you. I said, well, we're actually eating lunch right now at the Wheelhouse, just a little restaurant right here on the river. Love the Wheelhouse. And so we're sitting there, and here comes my uncle. I thought he was going to leave it in his, in, his, in his vehicle, right? <laughs> yeah. He brings it, and it's got like a garbage bag over it. Like, and so he brings it. We're sitting at a picnic table. It's, I remember it was a really like spring day. It was beautiful. And he puts it on the picnic table. Oh, hey, bud. It's my little boy, guys. Oh, nice. That's a, this is Maddox. Hello, little blunt. I meant blunt. That's right, blunt. Hey, I'm joking. you give him nux? <laughs> give him nux? Boom. Hell yeah, You're brother. What you eating, bro? You going to be shy today? Hey, who's your favorite Astros player? Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker. Hey, that's not a bad one to like. But anyway, we the bird's sitting on the table. We're eating. He lifts the bag over. Uh, or, or picks it up and and we're just like damn look at this look at this this is it's awesome it's it's yeah. you know it's it's a horrible taxidermy job but everybody in the restaurant just kept coming by wa- looking at this penguin <laughs> at this penguin i mean first off no one's most of the people probably never even seen one in person i'm curious what the taxidermy said the taxidermist said when the dude brought in a penguin i mean <laughs> that's crazy yeah yeah it's okay bud hey where's mom or toss me another slice of that boudin i got to have hey. another one We'll see her, okay? Thank you, man. I'm going to talk to my friends. Um, 
So the Pasquale was named after a guy with the. So is the is the penguin's name Pasquale? So yeah. So the the penguin is is Pasquale the penguin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's ironic that it's a tropical beer, and it's a bird yeah. that lives in the. That's Arctic. what. That's why I was kind of. That's, that's kind of the funny thing about it. If, yeah. if you find that hilarious. Well, you it's know. a phenomenal beer for sure, and very unique name. Um, now the screen door Jesus. That sounds like something that like Taylor Swift would sing on like you know the the radio and it would probably be a pretty mediocre song but as a from what i've heard it's a great beer so i would like to know at least the name yeah well you know so a lot of our beers are named after local stuff um screen door jesus is, is one of those um so in uh i believe uh, it was 1969 um like literally maybe a block maybe two blocks from here there's a house and it's still there um the image of Christ appeared in these people's screen door. And uh, my parents remember going and looking at this image. And it was so just like, I mean, it wasn't just like, ah, I kind of see it. It was like, you know, it was. It was like the burnt toast or whatever. You're right. <laughs> or you look at a cloud or, you know. Yeah. It was, it was there. And um, so people came from, from all over, all over the state, all over the country. And. Uh, you know, you can you can Google it, and you can see um, in the local Port Author paper that there's, you know, it's a black and white image. It's not that great, but you can see the image there. Uh, but so what happened was these people would come home from work, and there'd be 100 people standing in their yard staring at this image. And, you know, over time, they were just like, you know what, you know, could you imagine, like, coming home and there's – you don't even have grass anymore. I'd be pissed. Yeah. I would be pissed. Yeah. I'd probably take the door down in all honesty. Well, so that's what happened. So, you know, they wanted their privacy and understandable, but, you know, it was one of those deals. It was, it was you know, it's it was so bizarre because it was, the image was so just, like, you could see it, you know. And, and so um, they took the door down, and uh, they put it in storage, and I guess years later they went to retrieve the door, and of course the image is gone. Yeah. So, you know, so we thought it would be kind of cool to name a beer after this event that happened in Port Natchez, and um, apparently there's a parody movie that somebody tried to make make fun of it or whatever. But I think it's cool, and and, and it's also a Belgian style beer. And uh, whenever we made this beer, we actually had. Um, a local priest come bless the tank that it was in. That's pretty cool. Oh, that damn. Is. So, it's like, you're baptized when you drink this shit almost. Well, you know. I you mean. Would, I would hope so, you know. I missed, <laughs> I missed a couple masses. So, I'm hoping, you know, maybe yeah. drinking the beer would, uh, yeah, you know. You're dunking in the holy water, boy. That's it, man. Well, I know we've already <laughs> talked about it, but big shout out to the Boudin man, local guy who makes this Boudin. That shit is fire, man. It's, uh, it's good, y'all. It is very good. I just... There's one beer I wanted to ask you about. You don't have to embellish it on it. I was just asked to ask you about it. So, who gave you the inspiration for the Key Lime Pie beer? Ah, dude. Fucking Cole, man. That's all you have to he, say? Yeah, he had, he had <laughs> Yeah, so our buddy Cole, he, you know, he's a big beer drinker. Uh, he, oh, not him. Nah. He went to Florida, and, you know, uh, Key Lime Pie is, per, is a staple over there, he comes back, and there's a lot of breweries now that make a key lime pie beer, but this was fairly new. This is several years ago. Yeah. And he goes, hey, man, you think you can make a key lime pie beer? And 
It's like, I guess, man. And uh, we that's a beer that we've, we're constantly kind of, uh, you know, working on. But uh, this newest batch that we have, it's great. Um, we kind of rim it with um, graham cracker and cinnamon. and mm. But, uh, yeah, Cole Johnson was the one who uh, – <laughs> Do you all sell that right now? It's on tap right now. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that porter. Look at what I just pulled out of my Copenhagen can. I've never encountered this before. A quarter. God. It's like a full-blown stem. That is a stem. But uh, – Let me see that. That is a stem. I, that was in the dip I just took, and then I had to pull it out of my lip. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm okay, man. Oh, dude. That's money, dude. <laughs> That's money, dude. Okay, Speaking there we stuff, go. Right? Um, no, Cole was like, uh, he was like, hey, ask him about this key lime pie because he goes, we're gonna see if he tells the truth. And I told him if you were if you would have said anything other than Cole Johnson, I was like, nah, man, go ahead and stop there, boy. Well, I, I wouldn't even know where to to you know if I had to make something up, I wouldn't even know where to go. That's just, funny though, yeah. and, and it, I'm glad though, like he showed up with the key lime pie. Asked you, and it's been a pretty successful beer on your roster. Yeah, and you know, and um, you know, here pretty soon that won't be in the rotation right now because it, you know we're, we are transitioning into fall. It's a seasonal. Lot, the, it's the a, beers you offer it's seasonal. A seasonal beer. Right. Um, you know, we're about to transition to a lot of like we just put our pumpkin uh, beer on. A couple oh, days Jesus ago. Christ! Pumpkin spice latte? Or, it, no, you know. but it's a pumpkin beer. And look, here's the deal: it's a good beer. It's not a beer that that I'm going to drink, but you know, it's 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 like the old Jardot. It's not what you like, right? Yeah. You know, it's what your customers like, and correct. So you know, um, and I think it's a good beer. Uh, I think I, we made a really well beer, uh, really well, really well made beer. Um, it's got your nutmeg and allspice and cinnamon, and brown sugar, and it has all that in it, and it's made with pumpkin. Um, That's dope. That is, um, I mean, so you're a scientist, and just really in all of it. it before we just move on from the topic, is there a beer that I don't like? I mean, I just knew about those two to ask you, but there's like a certain one that's like just a fucking crazy story or just like the mo- most insane name. I don't really know. I just got told to ask you about Pasquale, yeah, which is I mean, a fantastic name. I and mean, Well, uh, so I've, I've named beers after like, like, so we have a stout on tap right now. It's, a, it's called the Spindletop Stout. And, um, you know, for those who don't know, kind of our region, we're close to Beaumont, Texas, which in 1901, we had this giant um, event of oil discovery. And it's the reason. An oil geyser. Yeah. And and it, it went on for, I forgot how many days. I it mean, was multiple, like three or four days of yeah. straight, pure oil. Just And it's one of the biggest, I think, in, in the history of the United States. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, Southeast Texas has this industry of, of oil and gas. I mean, it's a reason uh, a lot of guys have really good jobs because of the, the industry here. And, you know, um, uh, so, you know, we named a beer after uh, Spindletop. It's called our Spindletop Stout. You know, most of your beers are named after landmarks or like yeah. events in so Southeast Texas history. And I think that's badass that you have multiple beers named after, you know, different landmarks in our area, you know, really oh. paying homage and, to the area. Well, you know, I know you guys did a, a show with uh, Jay Bruce the other day and uh, with Sure Shot Game Calls. Um, we, when I first started making a beer, I made a beer, it was a Pell Ale, and it was called Sure Shot Pell Ale. And um, a year or so ago, um, when Jay bought the company, I, I get a phone call uh, from my bartender and goes, Hey, man, uh, 
Jay Bruce just called up here. I'm like, shit. He, he found out we have a beer named Sure Shot, and he's probably telling me to season desist, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was quite the opposite. He was he was like, dude, that's fucking awesome, man. That's cool that you guys – and, I, you know, I've been a big duck hunter uh, my whole life, and and uh, all my duck calls are Sure Shot game calls, you know? And, uh, like they should be. And half of them my dad gave me from his – you know, when he was – uh, kids. So, uh, yeah, we named we named beers after local stuff. You know, Sure Shot was an old duck call company in Gross, Texas, and maybe one day there might be a Bayou Dragon beer. Well, that's funny. You you say that. I was thinking like I'm waiting for the weather to kind of turn a little when it's a little bit cooler, but I think we should collaborate and do a, a cool beer together. Like, a, you know, whatever styles you guys really like, and we'll we'll create something and we'll cold beer. usually cold right. Like cold style, like you just drink it cold. Beer in general. No, I'm talking about the weather. Like, cause y'all, it is hot as shit brewing beer right now. Like, I brewed, we yeah. brewed beer yesterday. I'm just saying, like, if it comes cold, we'll drink it. Oh, that's what I'm oh, saying. You don't, oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. So you don't care what it tastes like. Not really. Well, no. Look, we're gonna make a good beer, y'all. Hell if yeah. you can cross like a twisted tea <laughs> with, uh, I don't know. A Lone Starlight. That no, would be I'm thinking, god awful. Yeah, I don't know if no, that would be good. But, uh, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking we... Um, You're the scientist. Well, yeah. I, I want to do something unique, though. Like, you know... We, it, ha- it has to be unique because our group is one-of-a-kind unique. Yeah, so this has to be, like, like the, if we do this, it has to be a one-of-a-kind. Like, it has to be the water from the bayou or something. Well, you could, but... But you know, I don't think we. I think we don't do that. Yeah, I don't think we do that either. <laughs> but we'll, we'll look. We'll we'll put our heads together and we'll um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I know you're probably tired of talking about business, and I mean, because that's probably all you ever do. I just want to. So let's go back on like your start from the beginning. Your background story. I know you like to hunt, fish, all that shit. Like, who brought you into it, and what kind of like out door hunting or fishing do you do like yeah well you know so you know really the business has um you, you know I'm, I'm a husband and a dad now you know and so that consumes majority of my time uh not to say i don't do hunting fishing it's just not as much yeah uh i used to i mean i couldn't wait to be out in the woods or out in the marsh or out on the river you know i just um, it's a lot harder now. I mean, my wife is a school teacher here in Port Natchez, and um, I've got a little boy who is uh, three. <laughs> Y'all saw him. I think he was eyeballing that boudin, actually. Um, <laughs> I thought he was, I, I didn't know that he was your kid. I really thought, I was like, I'm watching this kid. I was like, he's about to reach up and st- snag some of this uh, yeah, boudin. That or my dip can now. But, uh, and then I have a seven-year-old uh, uh, daughter. But, you know, um, the fishing comes when it comes, and, and I know I need to take those breaks. Um here recently, like maybe a couple of weeks ago, I went offshore fishing with my dad, and uh, it was rough, but we caught some snapper. Uh, but the deal is, it's um, you know, I love to do it. I just you know, I'm I'm busy finding the time, finding the time. But it's 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 that's what brings me back to to reality. You work hard, but you also need to play hard. I know you, that's what you guys do, and uh, I'm kind of envious of of what you know. I mean. Y- y'all are just, I mean, it's part of your, your lifestyle. That's what we're, we're very fortunate because what we're promoting is what we love to do. So it makes it well, easy. We try to make that persona for us. We don't, we don't want to seem like just like a, a corporate business. It's like, like, cause 
so I'll get multiple emails or like direct messages on Instagram or whatever, and it's like, dude, I just love y'all shit. Like y'all are just like me. Like you, you do what I do, and I like it. So like, that's why I support you. It, it, and it's a simple concept, you know. It's like you're not trying to be anything you're not. You're we're just, not trying to portray people, you know. We're not trying to portray ourselves as the most badass duck hunters, or you know, we're no. going to catch more. Like shit, teal season this year, we did terrible. Like I like, shot, I've not. I, it has not been great. It I'm, has not been. I don't want to embellish on that, but it's not been well, great. Yeah, we got a we got a long season. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, we we need that good northern front to bring some yeah. birds in, and and there you go. But like with us though, we're very versatile. It's like okay, ducks ain't ducks ain't coming in. Let's go catch crabs. Let's go bass fishing. Let's go set out jug lines. So and we just try to record that, and we enjoy not drinking beer and shit like that. Well, it you know it's and it's being out in nature, man. It, yeah. And that's the deal. You don't have to catch fish. You don't have to catch uh, crabs or shoot any birds. Nope. If you're out there just enjoying what God gave us. And, and that's what I told my buddy you know? when, when he came down and we brought him out in the marsh. And I said, dude, just, you know, we didn't do that hot uh, when I brought him out. And I said, dude, he was just so grateful to just be able to see all the, the beautiful coastal marsh, watch the sunrise out there. That's what it's all about. You know, if you harvest any birds along the way, that's just a bonus. You know, usually we do pretty good for the most part, but... You know, it's just, it's a treat just to be out there. Yeah, it's um, it's the cliche saying, you know, uh, you know, I guess a bad day of fishing is still better than a, a good day of work. But it, it is true. And, um, you know, and, and really, y'all's podcast kind of epitomizes that's, this is Southeast Texas, you know. Right. We're not trying to fake anything. This is who we, I mean, what you see is what you get. And yeah. um, that's how I was brought up. You know, you, you know, my dad, uh brought me hunting and fishing at an early age and i am super grateful um that he did and and um i'm gonna pass that on to my little my little guy and, and my daughter you know um uh we were at toledo bend over the weekend and um they weren't with us you know but i was fishing and i was like damn i wish my little boy was right here and we where are you fish at toledo we were just fishing off the dock you know we were we, we, but like what like what a uh, cove oh, i'm not telling you man well, I have a place, and <laughs> I guess we'll talk about that on the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we can talk about that on the side. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's um, you know, I guess, I guess we'll probably take a break here in a second. But yeah. I've got a, I've got some decoys. I'm talking like, I don't know, probably six, seven, eight dozen that are just back in the back shed back here that I'm going to give to you guys. I feel like you guys will get more use out of them than I will. We'll use the this shit out of them. Yeah. We would highly appreciate it, man. You don't have to do that, but well, we hey. appreciate it. He's already offered it twice. I'm going to say, yeah, we'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, you don't offer one thing more than once oh, to me. And, and my little marsh boat I've been working on is back there. So I want to show you all that, yeah. too. Yeah, let's go check it out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to go check out a few things. Yeah. So we're talking about, like, how you kind of got brought up in hunting and fishing and your little backstory. But I just – this one question is just, is there a certain hunt or a certain fishing story that just sticks out to you? Something that made it like memorable or what made you drive you to wanting to continually do it into your adult years? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I obviously there's probably a million cause they're all good, yeah. but there's, there's really, there's kind of two that really stand out in my opinion. Um, uh, the, the, the first one, is a little bit closer to home. It's right here in the Natchez River. And 
It's um, it was uh, I think July or August, hot as shit outside, and um, we had a little bit of an outgoing tide, and um, we're using shad. The shad are starting to move out of the marsh out into the Gulf. Oh, look what we got here, boys! Special oh. delivery. Oh yeah. So you grab those, Mitch. The the camera doesn't get it. I'm getting it on my phone right now. We had a little train that goes from the bar to here, and we just got some Miller High Lives brought to us. Little ponies. Some little ponies, some little chodes. Chodes. We're just going to stack them all <laughs> up on the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a bunch of beers. There's the camera. A six-pack of chodes on the... Hell, yeah. Miller High hey. Life, y'all. Man. Hey, let's open one of these real quick. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Here yeah. to the breezes. You chugging yours? Mm-hmm. Not chug, but it only mm. takes three drinks to kill it. That's, that's good. old. That's very good. I don't know the last time I've had one of these. The champagne, boy. The champagne. I don't know beer. if I've ever drinking one of these. This is phenomenal. I don't know. You can't see see my sign right there. It says "Gone to the High Life." It's a fishing lure sign. It's cool. Um, but uh, so this fishing story uh, takes place uh, in the Natchez River right here, and I and I'll tell y'all off camera where the spot's at but it was an outgoing tide the shad are moving out of the marsh uh we caught a bunch of bait I'm really good with a cast net i don't have a lot of skills but i'm good with the cast net. i am not well it, you know it's just it's it's just practice right yes yeah, so i'm i'm decent with one that yeah you know i i, I went to uh there, there's a local biologist at lamar campus and uh they're they're their patrons here and she was like do you know anybody who can throw a cast net i gotta do some uh i gotta catch some species out at out at Crystal Beach, and I volunteered. And what was it, mullet? You know, no, like, no, dude. We caught all kind. We caught, yeah, we did catch some mullet. Caught some mullet. Caught some shrimp. Caught some uh, little spade fish. Um, what was she exactly looking for? I mean, just any species we could catch. Oh, so she was just wanting a species, right? And uh, she just took pictures and then let them let them go. But it was, okay. it was part of like some microbiology class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but um, <laughs> so back to my fishing story. I we we're, we're we're in the river, outgoing tide, and we're catching some decent trout. Nothing nothing crazy, you know. Um, we also caught a lot of ladyfish um, while we were catching, um, you know, the shad and the cast net. And they're in a live well, so everything's just lively. And you know, you know, for those who don't know what a ladyfish is, they call it the poor man's tarpon, right? Uh, you catch them, and they're, you know, they're you can't eat them, but they're, you know, they're, I guess, maybe a predatorial fish for for small things. I don't know. They're just, they're kind of garbage fish, really. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're we're catching these trout, and we're, it, you know, it's going to kind of get late in the evening. We're out of, we're out of uh, shad, and there, a gar kept popping up, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to catch that gar. And uh, so I throw a, about a foot-long ladyfish on my rig hard to cast it out you know get out there slaps the water and man i get a big tug and i'm like oh shit i got this gar you know reel it back in cast it back out and man i caught an eight pound trout on this foot long ladyfish ladyfish that's impressive yeah and we're like what the hell and we had several ladyfish in the live well so my dad and my buddy ross they throw one on there same thing. They catch big ass trout. Probably the biggest trout we've ever caught in our life. Yeah. And uh, that's a trophy trout. It's a trophy trout. 
And uh, so the one hanging up on the wall over here, that's an eight-pound trout. That's a stud. It's a stud. We were catching trout so big, they were actually losing their spots. Because at some point, you know, that's how they camouflage, you know, uh, the spots, you know. Well, when one gets old and big, they start to lose those spots. We were catching some that were, um, you know, kind of almost just silver. Yeah. And um, we end up catching about 10, 7, 8-pound studs. Studs. Big, just big trout. And so it's, I haven't fished this place in a long time. You got to hit it when the conditions are right. But um, so Use that's ladyfish. That's it, <laughs> ladyfish. And so, you know, that's kind of the secret, but also the, where we were fishing and, and the, the right conditions and stuff. Yeah. Um, so my second story, um, about 10, 11 years ago, I was in Costa Rica in, um, in a little town, uh, Manuel Antonio. And we were in Quapos, I believe, is the where the marina was at. And um, so I get seasick. Uh, I love to offshore fish. I've tried Dremamine and all these other products to help combat it. But uh, I figured um, it's an old salty dog trick, but you just start drinking. As You know, you skip coffee, you start drinking. Yeah. and um, Like a normal person should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but there's some science behind it. I think it, it, it numbs your equilibrium. And uh, it prevents you from getting seasick. So um, we're in the taxi, leaving our little, the place we're staying to this marina. And I'm, I'm drinking, um, I'm drinking Imperial. And my, I was with my two brother-in-laws and my dad. And um, um, I'm, I've got a six-pack in before we even get to the marina. And they're probably thinking, I'm just some crazy drunk, man. And so we get to, we get out there. It was like a half-day trip. We didn't have to go very far for you know for good fish um they both get seasick i'm good to go um i caught a 400 pound blue marlin Mm. um it took me two hours to reel in and um my dad took footage of it it's jumping out of the water you know and at one point i thought about an hour in i thought i was going to lose the fish it went about a you know i don't know how deep um but it took me another hour to get it back up and Really, at that point, the captain was like, man, could be dead because they, you know, they go that deep. And anyway, it wasn't. It was it was full of life. And we ended up, uh, I caught it. And uh, we, um, you know, we revived it to it was healthy to swim off. And, yeah. and I was just thinking, I was like, man, like, what a battle. I, you know, like, you know, Ernest Hemingway and, you know, Old Man in the Sea, you know, the guy catches the, the marlin with the, just his bare hands. Yeah, you know we're using modern fishing equipment. Yeah, you're using a fifty wide. <laughs> yeah, but but this fish was kicking my ass, y'all, and and I was sweating. And my dad just kept dumping water on me, just trying to stay hydrated and cool. And and um, I just remember like I was in a battle with this fish, you know, and it was just it was such a really kind of a beautiful thing, a bucket list type thing. And what a majestic fish the blue marlin is. We were fortunate enough to go on a couple trips to see some blue marlin caught, and I was just blown away. That's a it's a majestic fish. Yeah, Mitch man. Mitch got to be a part of a trip with a six hundred and a close to a grander, so all yeah, on one, and it was that's. But it's amazing that these giant beasts are out there, and 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 we just catch them for fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and we let them go, and they live to see another day. But but you know, it's one of those things that 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 not many people get to do, and. Once Most you, people don't. 
Yes, and you know what? I don't care if I ever catch another one. You've <laughs> you done know? it. You've I'm, done it though. But it, it was such a. But it was a. It was a battle between man and fish, and and we, uh, you know, hopefully that fish is still swimming around. You know, I mean, unless he got caught in a tournament, I guarantee he still is. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's all I got on my. And you know, yeah. we could be here for three years yeah, talking about fishing stories. We could. I just wanted to kind of just something that had just on top of your list of like this kind of like kept my interest peak. This is what piqued my interest. You know, everybody has those stories if you do fish or hunt. But uh, I was gonna. Uh, we can go into really. You're uh, starting to get into some other. You're expanding your business, and we can, you know, elaborate on that a little bit. And yeah, we, um, so, so like I mentioned earlier, we've been open for about six years, or six years, we have been open. Um, on brew days, we're, we're, you know, oftentimes just waiting for water to heat up. Um, and so we have a little bit of downtime. The grain has been milled. We're waiting for hot water to heat up so we can, you know, start the brewing process well we'll sit outside it's early in the morning um we're just watching the sunrise come up drinking coffee and you know for your golfers out there about a you know depending on how you golf it's a pitching wedge or a nine iron about just to the right of our our current brewery across the street there's a building that we bought um that's how we. That's how we measure distance. Just you know, it's it's a good. It's a good. It's a. It's an easy nine. Yeah, it's nine. an easy fifty-eight. Yeah, it's not you know, but uh, I had been looking at this building for years. I was like, man, what a beautiful building. Uh, it's a two-story red brick. It kind of looks like a brewery. Um. You know, and and I, I end up finding out who the owner was, and she didn't want to sell it, which I don't blame her. It was a beautiful building, and during COVID. Uh, of course, we get the phone call. Hey, we want to sell it. And that was in a time we were really, we were trying to like, you know, we didn't know what our future was going to be with the business and probably really shouldn't be spending money. But I talked to my dad. He was like, look, man, if you get in a bind, I can probably help you out. But, you know, call the bank and see if you can get it. And long story short, we got the building and we've owned it for a couple years now. We just haven't done anything with it because of the whole you know, pandemic and everything. So, but, uh, ironically, ironically enough, uh, while we're doing this podcast, my, uh, my architect just walked in. And, uh, so I've been working with him and our, our, our plan is to turn this, um, this hundred year old building, which it turns a hundred years old, a hundred years old tomorrow. Oh, I mean, damn. No, I'm sorry. Next year. Next year. Yeah. It's these high lives, man. <laughs> Next year, tomorrow, or yeah, no, no. <laughs> so the building was built in 1923. So, in, okay, in, in 2023, it'll be 100 years old, and um, it's it has like these grand, like ceilings, uh, old wood floors. We're gonna move our brewery over there with a bigger system. We're gonna have a full kitchen, um, kind of a lot of uh, home style uh, Cajun seafood cuisine. Uh, upstairs, there's an actual dance hall. We're big music fans, um, so we can have a lot you of... You start getting some some bands to come in, you know. Yeah, well, you know, these guys that, you know, Big Rich gets. Um, right. You know, probably guys that were out at Gator Fest, you know. Well, what would be cool is to get with him, and kind of like how, like, Andrew Duhon's done before, is he comes here, plays here the night before he goes to 
Corvilles or vice versa. Goes to Corvilles, comes here. You could have some of those guys like, okay, well, while you're down for this day, here's a gig uh, prior to. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get these artists in town. It's kind of nice since they're down here, play a gig here, drive 20 minutes, play another gig the next day or two days. You know, uh, those guys are traveling and, you know, it helps them out. But that's funny you mentioned Andrew Duhon. I love Andrew Duhon, dude. Well, and if my wife had a choice, she would divorce me and marry Andrew Duhon. Well, he's, so. he's, he's, a, he's a good-looking guy, man. Uh, but he has a voice of an angel. He does. Um, <laughs> it, uh, so, last – no, it was two weeks ago, Andrew was in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing a – he's kind of on the, the latter part of his tour. He just has a new album out, Emerald Blue. My kids love this song called Emerald Blue. And um, – they're behind oh, they're, you right they are now. Right. They are. Hey, yeah. hey, come here, Logan. Hey, in the microphone, what is your favorite Andrew Duhon song? Look, right here. Don't be shy now. Well, just, just, what's the name of the song? Emerald Blue. Yeah. So, everywhere we go, they got to hear this song. Well, Andrew um, had a gig in Austin at the Saxon Pub. And... Uh, he ends up staying at my parents' house with his with his bandmates, so he's just hanging out at the brewery. This is like on a Wednesday, and my family's in here. And Andrew, I asked him if he would play Emerald Blue for my kids, and he did. And it's one of those things I recorded. They're singing every word, and it, you know, just a cool thing. You know, this guy's a, a, a Grammy nominated singer songwriter. Oh, he's fantastic, dude. He is fantastic. And shout out. I mean, he doesn't know who I am, but Andrew Duhon. Check him out. He is great music. Great music. Emerald Blue, new album out, and it is phenomenal. It's probably one of his best records to date, and I'm proud of him because, you know, he's he's doing the grind, man. He's traveling, yeah. Yeah. writing great music, and uh, he's a good guy, and he deserves yeah. success. So Yeah, I've met him a few times, and he seems genuine. He is. Like, just after – I've seen him, like, three times, like, Corvilles, you know, and it's like, it's like, dude, you – like, not to him, but I'm like, dude, he could be – he should be way bigger than what he is. It, but you know what? He's so fucking it, it, good. Yeah, we we you know, he's. I think he's got he's got this this mindset like he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's with all due time. God all ha- he has plans for everybody, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe it's just not his time right now. But in the meantime, he's yeah. doing the best he can do, and it's fucking great. Yeah, it is. It is awesome. <laughs> he is awesome. So, um, but anyway, I, man, I went on a tangent. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I'd you're love good. to see um, in the near future what you do end up doing with that building because this area honestly truly needs a, a cool dance hall style, you know, good cooking. I mean, just be a badass place to go hang out is what, from what you're explaining. I, I'm pumped to see what you do with it, man. Uh, I'm glad you said that because it's, it's, you know, if I have no involvement whatsoever in this, it's a place that I would want to go to. Right. You know, it, it's a it's a place where you can go meet up with friends, have a beer, get some good food, and that's the deal. Like, I want the food to be the the shining star, top notch eatery. Yeah, and then but good beers, and you couple that with some live music, man, it's a trifactor of a good of, of a good day or a good weekend. And yeah, and the, um, dude, this little area right here of Port Natchez, I will give y'all credit on that because <clears throat> y'all know how I feel about Mid County, but <laughs> this part is like. This stretch is nice. You know, it's like has a real old school feeling. And I'm just trying to, dim, like, put it in, like, people that don't know, you know, not from Texas or from this area. It's like an old school strip. I mean, all the buildings here are old as shit. You know, 
it's been businesses like you said that you bought a place that's going to be a hundred years old next year. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's kind of funny. Like uh, you know, you walk. I walk through that building a couple times a week just to kind of gather my thoughts and just kind of envision what this building can be and and the people that before me walk. There's an old bank safe in there, which is cool. Um, but like some of like the floor joists in this place are true two by fourteens, old growth lumber, which, you know, I nerd out on that kind of stuff. Like, you know, modern lumber is just, you know, they, they chopped it down yesterday and it's, you know, it's at the yeah, lumber that yard. That shit's still wet. Boy. Yeah, it is. This is, this is wood. You good luck trying to hammer something into it, right. you know? And, but, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's, it, it, it's something that our Avenue needs for a long time. It was neglected. There's a lot of local businesses investing down here and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it, this was, uh, the mayor of Port Natchez, he's a great guy. When we went to city, uh, city Hall to propose a brewery on the avenue, he said, guys, this is going to be the catalyst that gets this little avenue. And, you know, I thought that was crazy for him to say that, but, you know, in a way it, it kind of has. And and um, I just hope there's more growth. There's, there's actually going to be a barbecue joint um, right next door to us. Hell yeah. And I don't know if I'm able to say anything, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway because he's a friend of mine. But um, Amir Jalali is opening up a uh, barbecue joint called Redbird Barbecue. And this guy has learned from Goldie's Barbecue up around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, those guys just got number one barbecue joint in the state of Texas. So Damn. uh, He's learning from... From so, one of the best. Well, yeah. Uh, well, according to Texas Monthly, the, the best. best. Yeah. So Yeah, and Texas has some of the best barbecue oh, in the United States. How about the barbecue we just had a while ago? Bro, 1701 Barbecue, Beaumont, I'm not, Texas. I'm not just saying this because 1701 Barbecue is local, but that's the best damn par- barbecue I've ever eaten. Dude, it's so good. Dude, it's, it's their ribs are ridiculous. It's not even, you know, like, you know, if you're going to make barbecue – there's a certain criteria you got to meet for for, for for Texas barbecue. For excellence. It's that hill country style barbecue, which is post oak, salt and pepper, low and slow. There's not a whole lot to it, but it's a time. It's it's it's. There's so much love and, and time invested into this this piece of meat. And uh, God, that shit's so it's good. It's so good, man. The guys over there are doing. They got top fifty in the state of Texas. They did. I did. Like, I don't remember exactly what number it was, but it was. Like, and they've only been open for what? They were op- they were open for one year. One year. It just wait here in a couple of years. They'll yeah, be up yeah. there. They're good. Man. Well, you know, look, top fifty. That's you know what? I mean, the I'm, state of Texas. How many? I mean, honestly, oh, we're talking about thousands, thousands, thousands yeah. probably tens of thousands of barbecue joints. It's because everybody that's wants the best a, barbecue I've ever eaten. Is that it's so good. Barbecue. It's so good. Uh, you know, uh, Cole. Brought us uh, some brisket. I guess there were some ribs in there, oh, too. Well, you might not have got one. I kept just well, that's okay. smashing the fucking ribs, I dude. told my wife, uh, I said, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of 1701 barbecue. She was like, will you please bring me home a plate? <laughs> I was like, put, I'll put do what I can. Put one in your pocket. Well, it's one of those places that, like, you know, they make what they need to make for the day, and they sell out every yeah. single day. Yeah. And there's always a line going out the door. I mean, like, people know, man. No, they're solid. And, and, um, you know, I know all those guys. I grew up with them. And, um, you know, I'm proud of them. It's uh, it's a labor of love. It's it's not a, uh, you know, to get up at four-something in the morning. And start smoking a fucking piece of meat. In the heat of the summer. No, I'm cool, dude. Come on, man. But uh, but they do it every day. And uh, 
So, yeah, I don't know. I, I you know, and I and I try to get some trade secrets, but you know, just like you said about your other buddy, I ain't gonna fucking tell I'm you. I'm not telling you, man. I ain't no. telling you. But that's okay. I don't. I, you know what? I, I've smoked a brisket, and I, it, it turned tastes like a turd, you know. And yeah. So I just let I just go, I'll just go over there and buy one. Yeah. Know? I but, don't. Uh, I don't mess with brisket. I can do some ribs, but <laughs> god damn it, dude, yeah. the seventeen and one ribs. But uh, Tyler, I personally met you today. You showed us some great hospitality here at the brewery. We are very grateful for you inviting us in to be able to do this podcast with you. And uh, badass beer you got going on here, man. I'm glad you got to explain to the guys, uh, guys, girls who are watching. You know, kind of, you know, the steps and all that kind of thing, all that kind of stuff. You know, what goes into making a quality craft beer? It was really cool. To, to talk about that, man, and we uh, we truly appreciate you uh, just allowing us to come do this podcast. Well, you know, guys, uh, this was pretty easy for me. Uh, yeah. You know, I feel like I, I've known y'all for for a while. We know a lot of the same people. We just haven't really crossed paths. Or maybe we have crossed yeah, paths. Yeah, we, we just haven't. We have for years, just not, yeah. not directly. And, you know, I love what you guys are doing with uh, the podcast and, and, you know, just – getting with local people and, and people outside of that and, and, you know, sharing their stories. And, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I guess people want to, they want to listen to. And, uh, because here's the deal at the end of the day, we're just doing what's fun and we're not trying to look, you, the, you know, the way I look at it is if literally if everybody dropped off and there's only one listener, I will keep, <laughs> I will literally keep doing this because it, it's not costing us nothing. I'll keep doing it. If there's one person that wants to listen to us, yeah, and unfortunately, we have a few people that like to listen. So. Yeah, we have a few. We have a few people that like to listen. So we'll we're going to keep doing it, and you know, well, I uh, we do it for fun, and we just want to hear people's stories. I mean, you had some good stories, and I mean, yeah. like you said, we could go on for hours. We just sure. Well, you know, and that's the deal. Uh, conversations can go, man. This right. is this is like yeah. I feel well, like we're sitting around at the deer camp. Just bullshitting. Yeah. That's what know? we try to try to bring to the podcast. Just sit here and bullshit with yeah. interesting people. Well, we're I'm not done having a conversation with you. After we stop this, I'm gonna crack into this bourbon with oh, you. Oh yeah, we got some bourbon. We got some bourbon to do. So but anyway, man, Tyler, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the sponsors of this podcast. We appreciate everybody listening. And um yeah, man. We just uh Well we're gonna keep trying to grind. Well, here's the deal. Um Y'all find where the birds are working. Um, we'll call Jay. <laughs> yeah, we'll call yeah, Jay. Yeah. We'll call and, Jay. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, schedule permitting, I want to go. I want to go shoot some birds, man. I think that'd be dope. Let's do it. And hey, we can do. We can uh, bring some cigars, bro. You know, cools, cool. We can bring some. We, dude, we'll we'll have a time. We'll, we'll, we need to set something up. If we we'll start, if you start hanging around us, man, you're just going to slowly start getting trashier and trashier because we're a trashy Dude. bunch. Man, <laughs> hey, look, you know, I, like I always wonder, like, why my wife married me. You know, I'm like, yeah. she's a beautiful. I think of the same thing teacher. for my wife. Like, <laughs> how did I marry my wife? But here we I, are well, now. Well, you know, you know, maybe we just have great personalities. You know, maybe so. But um, well, cool guys. Well, thank you all so much for Dude, being we, here, and um, we appreciate it. We'll do, we'll do it again in the future. Oh yeah. Definitely, for sure. I, I think this is fun. We can do it wherever, whenever. We can do one whenever you get your new place going up. Let's do that. I think that'd be dope. So All right. put that right. put that on a crack of dude. We can put that on a crack of dude. All right, guys. We'll, we'll catch y'all next time. <laughs>